I get to say it this time. Please be seated. My name is Paul Barker. I am the Director of Youth Ministry here at St. Paul's, and if you're confused to see me up here, so am I. <laughs> Some time ago, uh, Noah, in a staff meeting, pointed right at me, and he said, you're preaching on this day. It's part of your discernment. It'll be great. <laughs> Such confidence. <laughs> uh, but the process that he was talking about referring to is my discernment to a call to the diaconal ministry. Part of this journey, for good reason, is to give preaching a shot, but I confess I'm, I'm not a preacher. My hope is more that this will be a sharing of some thoughts and a few feelings about the gospel. And I do have experience doing just that in youth forum with our high school students on Sunday mornings, and with junior Bible study with the middle schoolers. We read the gospel together, then we go over some confusing words or passages we might have trouble understanding, and at this time that's when it's good having clergy in the room, because I... But then we share our thoughts. Jesus is at the peak of his ministry. He is recognized. People know who he is and they know what he's done. Many are followers of him. The disciples have become very close. And wherever he travels, people are all around him, listening to his teachings, bringing sick loved ones before him for healing, or just to maybe catch a glimpse of him or to touch his garment. Jesus has recently made a statement about the washing of hands, or the not washing of hands, that offended the Pharisees. He says, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles, but what comes out and proceeds from the heart, not the dirt that we touch. The evil intentions, those murder, murderous thoughts, the false witness, slander, and so on. But Jesus instructs his disciples to let them alone, those that are offended. Jesus and the disciples then travel to another district, and he is recognized again, this time by a woman, a Canaanite woman, shouting at them. Her cry is, have mercy on me. She is not shouting on her own behalf, but for her tormented daughter. I feel that this person is at her end. Seeing Jesus walking through her town, she thinks, okay, here's someone that I know I've heard of who can help me. And here I'm with her on those streets. As parents, there is nothing we wouldn't do for our kids, well, within reason, <laughs> but especially for their well-being. Those of you who care for a sick loved one know this feeling of being at your end and wanting to shout out for help. When my father was dying of pancreatic cancer a few years ago, I took family leave from my jobs 
and spent 14 days with him that were to be his last. In that short period, there was quite a bit of shouting, I'm afraid, mostly among family members. There were times when I was at my end and I was thinking, is God listening? We all made it through that difficult time, my brothers and sisters and my stepmother. And looking back, I realize I made it because not so much that I sought for help, I didn't go running and shouting, but I was open to receiving help. I sat and talked things out with my family members, and yeah, there were arguments. I'd sit up with stepmom over a glass of wine and just listen to her share some moments of her grieving. And I met with my dad's pastor who uh, asked often, how's his spirit doing? I learned that God's love worked through others and that I was not alone. And even if I felt I wasn't being heard, God was soothing me through the loving care of others. Jesus walks past the woman without answering. My time with Dad at the end was short, only two weeks. It was the hardest thing to get through in my life. I do not know what it would be like to care for a sick loved one for a longer period of time, like for years. Some of us do that. Lord, have mercy on me, she cries. The disciples plead, Lord, send her away. She becomes annoying. But Jesus has a lot on his mind, I'm sure, focused on his future, what his eventual role is in saving us. But the mother is not giving up. She continues to shout. At this point in the passage, I feel that Jesus gets a sense of her heart. She is not out there among the crowd to be annoying. She is pleading. The interaction between her and Jesus at this moment becomes personal. She kneels before him, and he finally speaks to her. But it is not kindly. When she is finally able to get through and be close to Jesus, I still picture a crowd around him with the disciples real close and so that he can see her. She has this instant, she has this moment to ask a service of him for this little piece of mercy to help her daughter. Lord, help me is all she says. And when I pray to God sometimes and I'm, I'm not sure what to ask for or if I have so much on my mind and my heart to ask of him, I say, Lord, help me. He knows our hearts. He knew her heart at this moment. Her intentions were not evil, murderous, or slanderous, yet Jesus puts forth another prickly exclaim about not giving the childrens, the Israelites, the lost sheep who he was sent to save, their food to the dogs, the Canaanites, the Gentiles. Oh. At this point, I would have been done. Um, I don't know that I could have gone on. Um, another obstacle, a roadblock on the way, all the while praying for something so hard, something I want to have happen in my life, 
maybe even shouting. And then to hear those crushing words from somebody close that I may have faith in, that I may have trust in, or to have something so tragic happen in my life, I don't know if I'd have the faith to go on or even to add, yes, Lord, even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She's not asking for a giant miracle like feeding the thousands or letting her be able to walk on water. Just a crumb is what she's asking for, a crumb of his mercy, a tiny extension of his grace. It's all that will be needed for her daughter to be saved. And I can't help but feel at this moment in the passage that a smile comes over Jesus. And he, as he tells her, your faith is great. Let it be done. Now, the Bible app on my phone, which is kind of a cheat to reading every day, but it's always with me, and so there it is. But it has a, you can, you can compare versions of scriptures. And when in, in studying this scripture, I did do that. I hid it. And there's one version that said that Jesus' last words to her go like this. O oh woman, great is your faith. And so I picture a smile because I feel like that's sort of a celebration. Later today we will hear uh, a powerful hymn called Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. A line goes, hear my humble cry, while on others you are calling, do not pass me by. So my friends, press on, pursue him in prayer, seek after his word, even if it's on your phone or on your iPad at home. And we don't know what this will be for us or what it will look like, but step out boldly in faith whether it's extending a hand or a kind word or ear to a friend or a kind word to yourself. We too will see Jesus smile and we too will find our futures changed in the deepest parts of our lives nourished even by a crumb of his grace. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you, Noah, for this opportunity to uh, let me speak with you. Thank you, Brother Garrett. He's in here a lot, I'll tell you that. And may the Lord have mercy on us and help us. Amen. Amen.